Once upon a time, there lived a woman and a man together. One of them was named Nancy, and the other named Billy. The man said to his wife, I am going to town for a new spade. Keep the cow off the aftergrass and do not let the goat eat the plants. He bought the spade and put it on his shoulder. All went well until he came to Liberaw Fort. When he got there, he dug a sod to test his new spade. He was seen digging the sod, but he wasn't seen afterwards. Nancy was lonely when Billy didn't return home. She sent a neighbour man to look for him. He found the spade, but no trace of Billy. To make matters worse, she was annoyed by a mule, which could not be kept from the house ever since Billy had been lost. The police found the mule and put him up for auction, and was bought by a man from County Monaghan. But when Nancy got up the next morning, the mule was standing there, looking over the half door. Nancy thought she would tell the wise woman about the husband being lost. The wise woman told Nancy to get three leaves off the hazel bush, and three shamrocks from a field called the Cavan Bees, and three haws off the lone bush in Lisnaha Fort, and boil the three mixtures along with goat's milk, and give the liquid to her eldest son to drink. Then she should send him to Lisseraw Fort, for where he must fix the sod back in its place. Just as the lad was away, a neighbour man came for the lend of the mule, and Nancy didn't refuse him. The boy was putting back the sod when he heard a voice saying, He will not break into our house again. He's drawing flax to the mill today, and if his people only knew that a handful of thatch from over the door of Paddy Hades' old house would set him free, if burned on a shovel under his head, they would soon do so. Don't speak so loudly, said another. You never know who is listening. Then the fair boy took the fairy's advice and went back to Paddy Hades' old house and took some thatch from over the door and burned it under the mule's head. He shook the harness off him and the donkey went galloping down the road and then there was a great rejoicing in Nancy's house when Billy returned home. Hello everyone. And welcome back to the Pishrogues podcast. I'm joined here with Luke as always. Hello there, young men. And, and women. And old men and I women. I got you. I got you before you could correct me. Everyone is allowed to listen to this podcast. <laughs> the police are not coming for me. Not Instagram or Spotify, though. They're cancelling us. Oh, yeah. We put up a lovely promotion. And it got taken down. If anyone knows about that, if you've ever advertised on Instagram, I think it's just hard, Aaron. I think it's actually they just... They're trying to make it difficult for a small little... I don't know if we're entrepreneurs, but trying to get out there into this big, vast world and they're just hacking us down from their mighty towers of nothing but money. <laughs> I blame the church. I don't know why yet. I haven't figured it out. Well, Facebook and the church are directly connected. <laughs> anyway, if you're just joining us for the first time, which some of you may be, this is the Pishrogues podcast where myself and Luke dissect old mythology and lore and jump deep down into the wells of Irish old stories and such and we explore yeah. them and talk about them have a bit of crack with them and they're very for want of a better word kitschy stories Alex. or like very domestic I like mm. that yeah, um, yeah I like that too even when it's Mr. name drops some of our old episodes Black Pig even though that's larger than life you might have never heard of it before it's no. not like it's not like your Coo Cullen it's not like your whoever um, St. Bridget we're going deep 
we're going deep and they always have that colloquial feel to them that grassroots feel which I enjoy a lot yeah, could have happened to your granny for all you know probably did <laughs> ask her if she's any stories and tell us because we want to know That's. I think we've been asking for granny's stories for so long and one of you out there I know has them we just haven't one heard of you, them yet look next week's episode is going to be a little bit of a Christmas special and we want at least one person to write into us and tell us a damn story please <laughs> imagine no matter how bad it is we'll read it <laughs> we'll read it you can write it into pishrogspodcast at gmail.com or on their Instagram account. We read all the messages and trust me, we get about five a week. <laughs> Unless we get blocked by then. So what interested me most about that intro story there, Aaron, was how the how Nancy, Nancy and Billy, perfect names for each other as well. It's like John and Jill or Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, John and Jill is the modern, more accepting version of the tale. <laughs> but um, no, I just loved how Nancy knew straight away to go to the wise woman yeah. uh, when she needed. And it wasn't, it's not explained in the story at all. And it really uh, segues us into the topic of today's episode. Which is wise women. Mana Fasa or Ban Fasa, the singular, which is just a wise woman. Man, I think my favourite part was that uh, Billy was coming home and he was so happy with his new spear. He's like, feck it, I'm going to test this bad boy out. <laughs> let, me, let me test this out. <laughs> On a sacred and burial then, ground. And then uh, disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> I'd love to see that, literally. What, what's unclear about the story is if he was turned into the mule or not. I'm going to assume he was, but then I kind of find it funny that the son wrote him home and then Billy just showed up. That I do. That is a good question of, it's not like, we don't really know. No, you don't have to really Cause know Because the donkey has, the donkey walks off. It's not like. Mm. Um, the donkey walks into the bush and Billy walks out of the bush. I'd like to think. A fairy trade. That he was swapped. Yeah, yeah. Rather than turn I in think that somehow. Would be it. Yeah. It's funny how when reading over the notes today, I might be jumping ahead, but I, I saw the word spirited away as Did a term. You? Yeah. As a term Ooh. for. Oh, it was actually in a little promo. Everyone everyone that's listened to this podcast has probably read the book. It was actually. Heard about this, it. Uh, 32 Words for Field by. He has a very funny name, in my opinion. Manchin. Manchon Magan? Mancon Magan. That's what I would say, but Jesus, that is I've never seen a name like that in my life. No, no. And his his mother has a very he opens up with his grandmother's name and has a particularly you know these Irish names that are so old, they sound like they're from Way Latin. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um No, he days. brought up that a term of being spirited away is obviously to be taken by fairies. Yeah. But I just hadn't put that together as a thing yeah. with the movie Spirited yeah. Away. Uh, but it's nice to know it applies to us. Um, as well but yeah I think they generally swap people the fairy's magic it never really works very clearly does it it's no and that's the point of it there's an obscurity there there's a mystery there and that's what people liked about it hmm. there I've read this thing that like if you put answers on everything and there's no mystery then it's not interesting anymore so yeah. the fact that it's beyond our comprehension is what makes it very intriguing to us but if we did need to know anything about the fairies the one person we'd be going to in our local area would be the wise woman, I was just about to say. So, it seems like these wise women were not a common thing, but there was one... Everyone would have known of the wise woman. Mm. And if you felt that, ooh, this problem may involve magic or fairies or such, then you would go to that wise woman. Mm. And now thinking on it, I bet now, as we brought up in our earlier episode, that there was cure people, and now it's very just much so that a person has one cure and that's it. I bet in the past the wise woman had access to all... 
realms of those cures. Yeah. They were a lot more of a go-to sort of person, one-stop shop. Yeah, she she was um she could do the physical cures as well as the otherworldly cures. So as we mentioned before, Irish people all would have known of the Banfassa, the local wise woman. There's also Farfassa, but we're focusing today on wise woman, the Banfassa, because they're cooler. Mm. I'm almost certain as well. I remember doing a prose piece in Leaving Cert Irish where, mm. like, I think the last known wise person was a wise woman. I feel like there was more wise women. Am I wrong? In Ireland, there seems to be, because they had this sort of mystical element to them, it seemed that... Um, Eddie Lennon says in his book Meeting the Other Crowd that the women had a closer kind of a closeness to this otherworldliness. They were it was easier for them to transition into it or to be in mm. contact with it or to see into it. And advice and care I feel like is always more associated with women in yeah. Ireland. We're only getting out of that being Exactly, know, a exactly. Thing. So these wise women would have both they would have been kind of masters of herbal remedies they would have known a lot about all the plant plants around them and all their different uses but they were also acted as kind of seers and guides ceremonial facilitators and connectors to the land it says so they would be able to let's say you were going to build a house or plow a field or do something and there was something you were unclear of if it was involved the fairies or not and she would be able to detect that and kind of set you on the right path so you wouldn't disturb the fairies, disturb one of their roads or disturb one of their forts or something like that. So she could cure both the physical and the otherworldly and you would go to her if you felt you were out of your depth because if we think back to Ireland in these times, there was no real doctors, there was no real proper medicine. So every kind of household would have had their own knowledge of the herbs and mm. of certain going-ons with the fairies and such. And she was your internet. She was the go-to. She was your WebMD. She's dial-up. <laughs> She's sitting there and she go, feed him rice. We don't have rice. rice yet. We don't have rice yet. Feed him Definitely grass. not rice. So these Banfasa were said to have a few different implements, tools and instruments. So they would normally use a bowron, a crottle, which is a traditional Irish rattle, and the dikital dikienab, which was Irish singing or chanting. This would help them to go on an Imrama, which was a spiritual journey to access one of the three Irish worlds. In one of these three Irish worlds, they would gain Imbus, which was illuminated inspiration, which she could use then to assist her in solving whatever problem the community had come to her with. She had this bag called the Corbulg, which meant crane bag, which she carried all her herbs and tools and things. And it was found that in graves that like a lot of families would have had one of these bags, particularly the woman of the family. But this woman would have had a extensive knowledge of all these things. So she would have had a very specific bag full of very specific things. Mm. And Luke, I think you have a bit on those three other oh. Irish other worlds. There's Chirnanog, as we all know already. That's the land of the young. Uh, another one is Magmel. It's the plain of delight. Ooh, like on like a heaven. And Eamon, Ablock, they all sound very similar. It's hard to know if these three realms are just the one thing. It's the Isle of Apples, Ooh, uh, which is beautiful. There's a fourth the one. The Isle of Apples. We're not going to focus too much on this today because we're a bit 
out of our depth of like yeah, it's a whole new I've episode. I've I kind of saw little bits on this and I think they were we could focus on the druids an episode on the druids where they often went to these places these and other worlds in Irish myth there's also the check doing just as a to keep you and that's just where dead souls go there we go but yeah she could hit a baron and bring herself there I wish there was a recording of a Banfasa doing this sort of it seems like a kind of a a spiritual what would you call it dance like a ritual ritual you've probably seen other it's just mad to think there's on record Irish equivalent of something like the Native Americans yeah yeah yeah. I was thinking of the The Simpsons Simpsons movie movie, where she used her bosom to point Homer in the right direction exactly think of that when you're thinking of the band (laughs) now we will cleanse your spirit by the ancient Inuit art of throat singing throat singing so legends of these banfasa, these women of knowledge or wise women are num- numerous throughout Irish Gaelic tradition. They kind of present themselves as a historical truth and the lore has a character nearer to almost a religious fate. It is suggested that the oral narrative tradition of the Banfasa functioned as a communal psychotherapeutic device that operated so as to enable its hearers to cope with their individual misfortunes and afflictions. Stories of the resort of the people to the wise women in the face of such misfortune and affliction and of her oracular and often relieving diagnosis and ministration can be seen as representing in the arena of public discourse a source of imaginative creativity that could be brought to bear by individual listeners on the private circumstances of their own individual afflictions and misfortunes. So what I'm gathering from that, Aaron, is that essentially the wise woman was able to tap into some sort of general knowledge that would apply to the individuals. Mm. Like, oh, that's that's what's been happening with me. She had sort of an intuition, they would say as well, about people, that they were good at reading people and understanding people's issues and problems. As I don't know, uh, just to recall from the first episodes when we went into a very general idea of how the Irish people thought, it feels like we can whack that home too often, but it is good to consider. To the Irish, the the spiritual and the sort of social ills were as the same as a physical ailment. Yeah, so if exactly. you're ever in a problem at home, it was the same as if your leg was going gammy. Um, yeah. You just needed to... Um, so these sort of... The Banfasia very much functioned as marriage counsellor, probably therapist... Um, physical ailments so it is interesting that probably a lot I don't know if marriage counselling comes in unless the fairies are at play there that's very fair but I just mean of um, solving sort of social disputes as well in this time ailments were said to have come as well from kind of fairy magic Yeah. so like if you if there was some sort of a pain or something that you didn't understand what was causing it let's say arthritis how could you be able to understand a pain like arthritis? They would kind of put that as fairy involvement and such. So she would have her herbs or her things that she could do to help you through that. Or even think back, remember we were saying about, you know, your children getting false praise and then the evil eye, you know, the evil up to eye. I'm sure the band Vasa could have helped. Yeah. So she could detect back. the evil eye. She could also detect if people were to be changelings, if they were going to be taken, if people were kind of marked by the fairies she could help unmark them and sort them out there was this girl in shirkin island who was an only child and she lost her speech she went to bed in her health and in the morning she was unable to speak there was a woman east in bail aha and ina who used to be giving out knowledge she used to be going with the good people 
The girl was brought to visit her to see if she could cure her. When she saw her, she couldn't do anything for her and told her she should come back in a fortnight. She came back and the woman asked her father why he built his house so close to a port and she said that while they would never thrive there, neither would they ever want for anything. She took a basin off the dresser and asked the girl did she recognise it. She said she did and that she had missed it. I was at your house since, said the woman, and I took the basin. Weren't you, she said, driving a horse down the hillside when you met an angry red-haired woman of the Harnades and she had a woolen cloak around her and she struck you a blow on each side of the head and a third blow on the top of the head. There was poison in that. She cured the girl then, but the loss of speech used to return at the same time regularly until the day she died. So in that story, this girl was walking home and she met this red-haired woman who slapped her three times and I find it very funny that the woman was like, there was poison in that. And you get in a box and like, not only did that physically hurt, but there was poison in that punch. <laughs> you might set me back three years with that there was There's something about red-haired women in particular that coming across them on the roads was something to be feared back in the day. I came through a lot of social growth and that slap sent me back <laughs> to my toddler years. Uh, no, it is. I've been working so hard and my mom told me at a reading age of seven and now you slap me, it's only gone back You work forward. hard, you be nice to everyone and then a red-haired woman comes along and slaps you three times and you can't speak. But no, um, yeah, it seems that red-haired people are just more intertwined with fairy world yeah they're almost half fairy they're they're easily accessed by the fairies and it's easier for them to get into that other world and start playing around they have access to a bit more of that fairy power fairy magic she's almost an omen in this sort of thing yeah of of them Uh, it is they seem scary that she got healed but she's not she's not perfect after the girl can still stop talking regularly it still comes back so like she's permanently scarred by these three poisonous slaps this woman gave her trauma, trauma so bad that sometimes she just probably thinks about that woman. Poisonous slaps is my favorite bass player. <laughs> was it just her hand, man, or was there a a, a shillelagh? It was involved? just her hand. Jesus, it was just her physical hand. Bet she was eight foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, as you can see there, how um, sort of a social interaction. Like obviously, these tree slaps weren't so physically damning that they rattled your skull around, but um. We it was obviously we don't know that no it seemed like it was more fairy magic then yeah. I'm sure they weren't even like she probably wasn't even marked by these slaps they were just hmm. they had undertones what age was this girl if she you were four young. years old and some random red haired woman slapped you so hard three times you might have you just not want to speak I'd be traumatised it doesn't say what age she was but I we, I won't say she's as young as four she shouldn't be walking around on her own if she was four, but Ireland was different in those days. There was no fear of someone driving by and giving them candy from a van. No, just three slaps from a red-haired woman. <laughs> three slaps to render you speechless forever. So we're not talking specifically about witches or Kyluk, Kylie. They're plural in Irish today. We're going to focus more on these kind of different characters, which have been fairy doctors, Dr. Nishifri, and the Manal Fasa we've been talking about. So how so do I tell them apart, Aaron? There's, so normally it seems that the Kyluk is uses the fairy magic, and not always just fairy magic, it's kind of other magic as well she has, that mm. she normally does bad. She You don't go to the Kyluk for help. 
she's normally getting involved it seems like she's on the wrong side of whereas the fairy woman or the the fairy doctor and the Manalfasa they sort of stand in the middle as sort of a diplomat between the fairies that's exactly what whereas Kylik is like oh the Kylik Kylik is like damn these people yeah. I'm gonna uh, we're not gonna get dinged on, on any explicit language on this not episode. this one um, so yeah. there, there's a big difference between the Irish version of a witch and the European version of the witch the European version is the witch is the one we're all familiar with that she's boiling these things in cauldrons and that she's causing ruin on everyone who messes with her and she's flying around with a cat on a broom but the Irish witch was a bit more real it was a bit more local I guess and they weren't as deeply sinister they were they could one of the things is a hair hag. We're not going to just focus on it in this episode, but they could turn into a hair and get loads of feed off cows and suckle from the cows and steal all the milk and butter and sell it at the fair, which, you know, not really witchy things like double bubble, toil and trouble and such. Mm, you'll see that and we'll we'll go in deeper on, on Miss Hair. We'll, we'll focus on the Kylux in another state, in another episode. These witches... It's also interesting to see that Ireland never had a, a rabbit witch hunt like Europe and that in 77 or 1711 was our last kind of witch witching sentence and it was only a year in prison. There wasn't this horrific drowning or burning or you know all I these things out? they used to do to witches. There was never a witch burning in America, do you know, in the Salem witch trials. Never? It was, or, Ooh. Uh, apparently it was illegal to do, but it is still equally as bad. People were hung. Or crushed with giant rocks. Oh, that that's... It. So it's still bad. That's pretty bad. It's At least it's faster though. Yeah, then being burning alive. is horrific. That's a horrific way to go. Yeah, it's funny how it can get confused though, because you think, Jesus, a part of me thinks the crushing with a big rock is. Where do they get in all these big rocks, <laughs> and how are they crushing? You know why? It's apparently because burn, by being burned was illegal as as a method. What of about the death. whole drowning thing on the chair? Remember that one? Oh yeah, they and dip if you under want... the water, and if you stayed alive, you weren't a witch. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the chances—that's a bit ridiculous. So while editing this, I noticed I said when they were drowning witches by tying them to chairs and dunking them in water, the ones that survived weren't witches, but it was actually the other way around. The ones that survived were witches. So shockingly, if you died, it turns out that you weren't a witch. Some fantastic logic. Um, but anywho. So... Ireland always had this sort of propensity to the supernatural, always throughout its thousands of years of people living on this island. Despite Christian, the Christian, the Christianization of this country, we always loved. Sorry, I can't say that word because it's no. so hurtful <laughs> for me. That we uh, we just never lost it. So that's why fair our witches to us weren't this evil thing because we always understood them as being present and they were they were always around in the community acting out. You gotta live with them. You have to live with them. So these fairy doctors and these Manalfasa, as Luke said, would be sort of this middle ground to bridge the gap between our knowledge and fairy knowledge and help out people who were under the influence of fairy magic. Oh, I see that the fairy doctor was the most known to be able to help out with things such as the evil eye and the fairy. Yeah, yeah. the fairy wind which they you see this gigantic wind going through their field. But at one mm. corner of the field, there'd be no wind, and there'd be wind then in just it was one particular spot, and they used to think that that was the soul, or that was a spirit or a fairy 
traveling and sometimes they thought oh it's actually helping us do the farming it's putting the hay in the right place and then other times it would rip the rip <laughs> it was the, complete chance rip like. the roof off the house <laughs> and let the fairies in to infect all the people in the house and cause havoc in there so that's what the fairy doctor if you suspected the fairies are directly involved you cause the fairy call the fairy doctor wherein then the um the band fasa was called to find lost objects and discern through divination the cause and cure of ailments from illness to butter failing to churn so it must have been some thick frozen butter. So the band Fasa could also wouldn't teach her magic. She wouldn't pass it on, but mm. the fairy doctor would pass it down. Another That's thing, unfortunate almost, isn't it? Well, Probably a lot of info. Ah, what can, what can you do? I think these band Fasa got their knowledge from some sort of a close call with the fairy world. Normally mm. it's that they nearly died or someone they knew came back from the dead or just some sort of a weird way they Second ended up getting there. Second name thing even or something like we learned in The Cures mm. that you know you're not entitled and also the potency as we've learned there's like an economy of magic and you mm. can't just give it away to no. every Tom Dick No it lessens its effect and I think that plays into the placebo a bit as well because if you feel like this is a lot this is a very rare mm. advice you're getting and you're going to believe in it more. For sure. Also involved in these kind of cures was Gyasa or Geish which oh, we've yeah. They're kind of, how would you describe them, Luke? Taboo. So the idea is a lot of the, um, they work very well in the sort of epic, let's say, Ulster cycle tales mm. of Cucullin is, is a great way to think of them. As usually the mighty hero won't die by physical ways because no. he's physically perfect, but it's always these individuals that'll lose ground and maybe their morals or something like yeah, that. It's Your guys sure like, if you promise something, if you say, I will never you know, I would never argue with my best friend or something mm. like that. Once you do that, because you've made a promise more or less to the earth, which would be to, you know, the fairies to everyone, then they'll more or less, you'll be, if you follow your word, you will be graced with good luck. Yeah. But if you uh, break that oath, then, you know, in the stories you die. And it seems to be that normally through having a few of these gas or geish, a few of these kind of promises that... In order to uphold one, you're breaking another, and that's how you tend to be caught then. So the gauge that these Banfasa would kind of have involved was that no one could watch what they were doing or watch the kind of herbs they were preparing, or that the herb had to be brought to the person in total silence, or that's to good. not look backwards upon leaving the Banfasa, which is like that Bible story, you know, and he turns back and his wife is oh, turned into a pillar of salt. Yeah, it's like yeah. faith, sort of. Uh, yeah. It is very cool, too. I remember I went to a, I don't know if it was a long time ago now when I was a kid I was in Kosovo and there's a certain church you can't leave I think it might be Orthodox oh. you you have to leave facing the, the shrine and facing the altar oh interesting so it's really awkward you're kind of like making sure you're not going to hit into anyone but um, no I really like the idea of Gish because it is this thing of you can't promise everyone everything and the person who doesn't commit who never breaks their Gish is a very honourable person anything they say they'll follow yeah that sort of people and it also seems that you can take upon too many of these gauge upon yourselves and that will could be your downfall ultimately as well. Definitely. So you can't promise everyone everything, lads. Definitely not. Some people you gotta say, get the out of here, I got showing time you my for herbs you. and spices. The rats from the ashes. There was a house down there one time, tis gone now. There isn't even a trace of it there. All the stones were sold and took away. But t'was a great house for Coord one time. All the crowd used to gather round the house in there at night. T'was a time a bit early anyway. 
and the man of the house, his cattle were dying, one after another. And his wife said in the finish, Would you go over to Biddy early? She might do something for you. Ah, he says, No, tis some old plague on the cattle, and sure, one that isn't able to do anything for her own daughter, she could hardly do anything for me. She was a bit handicapped, Biddy's daughter, you see. But anyway, there was a few old lads in that night, and they all advised him to go over to her, that he couldn't be worse than he was. So after a couple of more dying, he decided he'd go over, off on his horse and saddle. When she saw him coming, she says before he ever opened his mouth, I know what you're coming for, and I know what you said about my daughter too. Nearly stuck him to the road, she did, frightened the life out of him. But notwithstanding what you said about us, I'll do what I can for you. It's transpired anyway that when he was going away, she gave him a bottle. She told him to throw this bottle into Kilbarren Lake, and all his troubles would go, and he did. And she also asked him, have you an ash pit, or an ash hole as they call it, in your house? He says I have. To open the front door and open the back door, says she, stick down your spade into the ash and you'll see. So he went home and he did what she told him, stuck down the spade, and twas a lucky thing he had the doors open, cause up came two big rats out of the hole and out the door with them. They were as big as a tomcat, each of them, and then people never saw a poor day after that. But surely be to God, them were no ordinary kind of rats, if they were rats at all. It was something else Biddy was putting out of the place, you can be sure. So that story involved Biddy Early, who was probably one of the most famous and recent of these Banfassa. She was said to have encapsulated those three things we mentioned before. The Banfassa wise woman, Kyluk, which is the witch, and a fairy doctor. I'll tell you one thing in the witch realm uh, it's very cool that uh, she knew what you'd be terrified if you told someone in the local area knew everything you were saying mm. maybe pertaining just she, to herself hopefully she yeah. was well known for that and she was well known also for knowing that you were coming to see her she was like I knew you were coming and I know what's wrong I wonder if a certain element of that is that she's lived so long if she knows and knows so many people that you know oftentimes these problems percolate before they get solved there definitely that is an element of that people are saying oh John's cattle aren't doing well and she goes, oh. yeah and he doesn't also, think good of you well <laughs> I hope who knows not. she's oh. also magical though yeah I'm not going to um, so this bitty early lady it's actually I will, I'll mention one thing it's very it's supposed like not goodwill to talk about her oh. and that if any horrible look befalls myself and Luke after this we can absolutely say it was because of this episode and talking about How did early. he get around it? How did, um, what, what's his name? Eddie Lennon. Eddie Lennon, does he know her? Uh, he, he interviewed people who lived around her. I don't know, I think it's more, he was, I don't know. Let's be, let's just double check that uh, Biddy Early, I believe you, I wasn't questioning yeah. your I'm, uh, I'm on her side, I think she's a, a good lady, I'd like to have met her. Supposedly she was a scandal for her time and you'll see why. She was a very illustrious character. Mm. She was married four times in Ireland back in the 1700s which was a rare thing so she was born in 1798 in Faha Ridge in County Clare which was the year of the rebellion I think I read it was one of the bloodiest years where the English had killed 30,000 Irish men in that year which is horrible so she was born Bridget Connors but she later took up the name Biddy Early Early was her mother's name Ellen Connors Nee Early Mm. she was well known for her exceptional herbal cures and taught her daughter many of the recipes by 16, though, both of Biddy's parents had died, and her father had died of typhus, which I saw, man, I was gotten by getting a tick bite, typhus. Damn, I had a, 
I bought a plant recently. Oh yeah. And um, when I was going home on the bus, I felt an insect on my back, my neck, and it was. I took it back. I was like, Jesus, help! This isn't a flea. A tick. I hope I don't a have flea. a typhus. Oh God! Imagine bringing fleas into the house. Biddy, Biddy has. I'm getting uh, very itchy sitting in this chair. <laughs> Biddy's cursed me. <laughs> I won't lie. When you said that it's bad to talk about the no more than when we spoke on cures and. We read the a line that thing. says "Don't talk about yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we we're coming at this as such I have, a love. I have the utmost respect for Biddy Early, and I would love to have met her. So I don't think Biddy's gonna. I think she likes do any you, bad and I don't me. know if she likes me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, her two parents died at the age of sixteen, and she went off to work for a local landlord. It was said though that she was often she'd be talking to the fairies, and she was she had aloof behavior, um, but. At 18, she was under this... She was living in this uh, house who's a... Sorry, the landlord was a she-he. And the tenants were kind of petitioning to him to stop raising the rent. But they were all evicted. That night, um, or before she was evicted, evicted, Biddy said to her, him that he would meet his doom and that she would be she would be there long after him. And the weird thing she said, he would meet his doom both in and out, which is a very vague statement to make. But it transpired that later on, three of the other tenants killed him and he was supposedly murdered while hanging out of the door. So he was killed both inside and outside the house. It's also said that she said he would die in a fire and his ashes would never be found. So supposedly he was decapitated hanging out the door and that the house was burnt down. Man, I love how these suitstayers and these sort of people, they, they have such a... Unclear, almost unreliable. Yeah, you will foresight. meet your doom inside and out. What's going on? I think if you asked her, she's like, "I don't know what that means yet, but you'll know <laughs> it when it happens." So after that, she ended up in a poor house, and uh, she was treated very poorly there. But she used to frequent Gertinra on the market days, where she met her first husband, Pat O'Malley. Pat was twice her age and had a son already, who was. Biddy's age which is important we'll see later so he had no she had no dowry but they married anyway and they moved to Fecal this is where her kind of reputation for doing the cures started to rise but also there was kind of talks that oh Biddy where's Fecal? Biddy it's in Clare very dirty name don't know where you're taking a treacle (laughs) I'm taking a fecal matter (laughs) (laughs) I I never made that connection (laughs) I was wondering uh, fecal you naughty boy you've spoiled that place for me now we'll have to go suppose these Biddy's cottage is still there man and people hang out there we should go I can't wait till we go on tour man there's different places I've heard of of like um, I'm sure you've found it on your research of well of like forts that used to be like, there's a fort up in Ulster that was Ulad, like, was oh, the yeah, capital yeah. of Ulster, like, at the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Avon Macca, they've rebuilt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Biddy, people would come to Biddy, and just like Luke mentioned in the Cures episode, they would these people would never accept money, but they would accept, kind of, goods for their services. So, she kind of started off with mostly herbal stuff, and then turned to fairy stuff later on in her life. But she was mainly given whiskey and pochine. And supposedly her house was well stocked with it. So she would constantly like have people over. Mentioned in that last story was Coord. Coord was this act of night visiting. Where all these people would just gather in a house and you know they'd play cards, they'd go drinking, they'd be dancing, they'd be playing the old fiddle and the bowron. I love the idea of it. These old house parties throughout all Ireland throughout. That's uh, my parents time always morning. you've probably heard me saying that in such um my mom will always go we'll go over for a Kaylee and a Kaylee now is very specifically a music thing but it seemed to have just been it's the word meeting isn't that what a Kaylee is means or is a party 
It's oh, Kaylee. Fine, a party. That makes more sense. Uh, my man would say a Kaylee if it's just if it's past five and we're going to a someone's house and it'd be biscuits and tea. Yeah. <laughs> we're like a Kaylee, like <laughs> not the most <laughs> extravagant of an affair. But I just like that. I think it's yes. It's so it simply means a social visit. So oh, there you good. go. She is right. But we are, we were kind of we got that idea that the Kaylee is all the flying around the place. Where's the barons? <laughs> Not just a clock ticking, a few biscuits. So, Biddy married this man who was double her age, and it is said that he died from alcohol consumption. Biddy, <laughs> all that free drink. It, this is said, man, that she had so much free drink in her house, I don't want to spoil it, but she had a few husbands, and it was said that they all died of alcohol consumption or alcohol consumption related oh, diseases. Man. So, she went on then to marry this man's son, which would have been her stepson. She wasn't involved in the birthing of this son, but they married anyway. And they were about the same age, so it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it's probably weirder that she was married to the older, yeah, first. Yeah. yeah. That was at about the age of 25. And this was all common back then. Let's put ourselves in those. Oh, shoes. very I, common. I think I've heard of people getting married to sons. Yeah, there was matchmakers and like a man. Of, like the whole story of Saif is that he, she was getting married to a man who was way older than her. Yeah, and I'm learning um, Queen Maeve. Married several different lads. And you know what? She gets a bad rap too of, yes, she can be very... But I've, Queen Maeve's been wronged a lot herself, I've just noticed. We'll get back to that mm. later. But anyhow. It's very unclear as to what happened. So it turns out that John Malley, the son of um, her, first, her first husband, Pat Malley, also died of a liver ailment, which would have been from the alcohol consumption when Biddy was 42. She then went on to marry a man, Tom Flannery, who was younger than her. And she. this is when they ended up moving to... Dromore Hill in Kilbarren. This is where she, in this two-bed house, there was a lake nearby that became known as Biddy Early's Lake. So in that story, she gave that man a bottle and told him to throw it into the lake, and it's that lake that she would get people to throw bottles into and such. So it's kind of unclear as to where she gets the magical powers from, but it's either in relation to the death of her second husband or her third husband, (laughs) or a, a child she had with one of those two. She just be away with them, though, doesn't she? It says she's the fairies, the fairies yeah. a lot. Um, but it was it was around this time, the death of one of these kind of close people to her, that she was given this bottle. So she was very famous. Suppose this bottle is almost as famous as her. So she would frequently look into the bottle, which contains some sort of dark liquid, when considering possible cures for her visitors. She took the bottle everywhere, and it was said that she even died with it. But people from all over the country used to go to get predictions out of the bottle, and that supposedly she was amazingly accurate down to the finest detail. But also know that that's how she would know how you were coming and she would know kind of what your problem was already. Bottle speaking to me. The bottle it's like a magic whispers. It's exactly it like a magic eight ball. It's, I'm pretty sure this is the origin of the yeah, magic eight ball. Come back later. It's not. <laughs> it says come back. <laughs> so I, on because of this bottle, some people were there saying like, oh, what if there was some sort of thing in this bottle that was making her high? And there was, well, there's no... There's no um, records of that ever being a thing, but I found this word an entheogen. So an entheogen is a drug that causes one to become inspired or to experience feelings of inspiration, often in a religious or spiritual matter. Mm. So entheogen was coined as a replacement for the terms hallucinogen and psychedelic. It's funny that I have heard both of those, hallucinogen and psychedelic, and I'd never heard of entheogen. It makes sense. It'll be, an, I hate that we keep teasing, but it will come back. The oh, druids, druids were very much... Entheogens yeah. at the uh, of the psychedelic and mm-hmm. what was the other word you used again? Hallucinogen. Yeah, yeah, both the those. spiritual journeys. 
Another anecdote was that when her third husband, husband Tom Flannery, died, um, that he came to her at night because she he was going to be she was going to I'm be actually not dead. <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> but she told him that the police were going to arrive the next morning and she should say, "Stay where you are." And they would leave and return no more. So she did so and it turned out that she froze five policemen and the sergeant to the ground. And she made them promise that they would never bother her again. And they left and supposedly it worked. It's like that Scarlett Johansson movie. Which one? Is that what it's called? Oh, the one about unlocking the power of your brain. I thought it's all shite. It is. (laughs) Supposedly there was all this theory that, what is it, that, oh, we're only ever using 10% of our brain. Correct. It's such nonsense. Let's actually take, if anyone says that, that's one of those most uber fact fake. It's so bad. It's that you don't use all of your brain at one time. And not actively. Your brain is constantly moving. If you have to think. Is it, correct me if I'm wrong Aaron if you have to think of maybe a math sum it might have to use a certain part but it's yeah. just saying that you don't use 100% to do everything no like because why are you going you're not always going to be using the language centres of your brain if you're not talking and I have a feeling if you used all of the parts of your brain it'd be overload <laughs> no it literally is overload <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah definitely not so also that movie Limitless you're not a drug that lets you access all the power of your mind yeah. in one go that was Biddy Early's bottle man. you can do that always Biddy Early her bottle was Incredible. I really want to see it, man. So, but man, supposedly, so when she, after she died, people drained that lake near her house, the lake near Kilbarn, Kilbarn Lake, or Biddy Hurley's Lake, the lake. In the 70s, they drained it for the intention of finding the bottle. But supposedly, everyone's like, they're not going to find the bottle. Obviously, the fairies took it back. Yeah. Of course, yeah. the fairies course took it back. Did. Why would they just leave Was this she buried with it? mythical bottle? No. So, this is going to come into it as well. Oy, 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 oy. So, she was, she, this is interesting. She was a devout. Catholic but mm. she was also involved using the fairy magic and herbs and such so she was um, actively discredited at the pulpit by priests local priests one of them was a father Conlon who denounced her preached against her and uh, he berated her and such and he went to her house one day to berate her and again she's got <laughs> I'm this, going to go down and berate she's, <laughs> she's got this power of sticking things to the ground so she stuck the priest and the horse to the ground this time and she said look you talk out against me again and we'll see what happens. So she then, she made the priest promise that he'd stop preaching against her and stop um, talking about her on the pulpit as and let her aside, go again. Uh, just as other wise women, other than I found a story about an Arklow wild woman, mm. a woman from Wicklow and it was similar. It says, once upon a time, oh, yes. there lived in Arklow a wise woman and there was a certain priest lived in Arklow too who condemned her. So there's a big, you can imagine it, one very thinks he knows everything man versus, you know, the old, the yeah. old wise person. Uh, but yeah, he told the people not to believe in her. Once, uh, one day the priest was going down the street and his horse fell and no matter what the priest himself or anyone else done, they couldn't get up. The wise woman happened to be going down the street and she came upon the scene and she shook her apron and the horse jumped. The priest never said anything about her again. There we go. That's from Hackettstown, Wicklow. So Similar vibes. There's this thing that these priests were coming in and trying to get rid of... They were trying to Christianize the country and get rid of all these beliefs. So it says that they were only too anxious to leave behind the half-lit world of peasant lore and herbal medicine. So this is why they would have been very against these bandfasts that these women like Biddy... And uh, it was also said that people would go to Biddy because they knew they would only have to bring her, let's say, some food or some biscuits or whiskey or such. But But if you were to go to the doctor or to the priest, 
then you'd have to be giving them five or ten shillings and that's also yeah. why they were damning her because they're like oh well she's taking her business essentially like yeah even though she's only getting buckets upon bucket loads of pachin which kills every single one of her four husbands and I've never seen a priest freeze a man to the ground like no that's pretty cool she's got a yeah. literal thing she has done which I haven't seen these priests do but that's different so what's interesting about this priest is after that moment they seem to kind of get along-ish or they, they weren't uh, they were amic- amicable I guess ah right but she died and when she died this priest was the one that gave her her last rites and um, ah. he supposedly got this bottle and threw it into the lake so that's why people thought that it was in the lake which Jesus. is interesting I'd love to see a big like movie about like the tensions between this priest and this woman this and lady. slightly getting on but also slightly not I think this lady could make a great movie Um, it's odd uh, I hate that he threw it away or maybe it was the wisest thing to do I say he threw it away but the fairies took it anyway man yeah, it didn't matter much. Isn't it mad, though, that, like, she was a real person, so this there was definitely a bottle that people saw and reported on. Now it's just gone. Now it's just gone. It's like how they can't find a very different but Alexander the Great's um, two burial site anymore. Ooh, interesting. It used to be a pilgrimage site. Isn't it mad that it was known and now it's just not known? Uh, what was it on top of that as well? It is just weird in general how older Irish women, like my grandmother included in Mayo, would have been very Christian, Christian and Catholic, but, but hated the church at the same time. Yeah, and also had that other spiritual element of the fairy belief and such, the superstitions. They would believe in both. Yeah. And like, both of these things can exist, and the, Christ, the Catholic Church didn't want both these things to yeah. exist in harmony, which is a pity. So, her cures were uh, the main reason for her becoming well-known, but she also had a very strong personality, and she was a charmer, which is very clear by the fact that she had four husbands. Supposedly, she looked very well for her age, always. Mm. She was a scandal around the place. She was uh, well able to hold her own, and she wouldn't... She was, like, like actively stood up against the church and the priests and the guardy. They weren't guardy at the time, the whatever Royal authority. Royal constabulary. Mm. So, like... She would have been a sort of a rebel, is what she would have been, and I think she's a very cool character. But um, good woman, Biddy. Fair play to you, Biddy. Biddy's such a good Irish name. Yeah, it? it is, isn't it? No one's going to be called Biddy like anymore. Kitty. Yeah, Kitty. So Bridie. Bridie. Oh, <laughs> love it. So Biddy could do herbal stuff, but she could also communicate and cure the wrath of the fairies people would come to her who had been bewitched by the little people another thing we haven't mentioned yet is they were also called the other crowd or the good people mm. the Dina Ushla. there was like a few different names for the fairies but um it, oh another way I suppose that she might have gotten the bottle was that her son helped in a fairy hurling match and as a reward he got the blue bottle which she gave to his mother I love hearing how much that the fairies love to play the old Irish oh, game. Oh, their man, yeah. essentially, like from this book I'm reading, I will mention it again, called Am Meeting I the Other Crowd with uh, Eddie Le- by Le- Eddie Lenehan. It is uh, clear that they're like, they're very much do the similar things as us. Like they have wakes, they have funerals, they have parties, they love music, but it's fairy music. It's like our, music. Sh- our shadow relatives almost or some sort of weird... Like, they're just an alternate version of... Our reality, essentially, I I'm guess. trying to figure it out, man, but I keep reading about, you know, the in preparation for later episodes, Future. I keep reading about the um, origins of Ireland and the Irish people and trying to oh. shift away from the spiritual. But it is weird that there was a people here originally is what it keeps calling back to and then another people's that come. I'm not going to say the names of the different, just in case I mix it up. But then it's just more or less an agreement that the ones that were already here said, yeah, we'll go underground. 
and that seems very fairy-esque as in like, it's you know, very we'll go, strange and we live underground I think that might over. be just um, a different way of saying that their culture and their kind of beliefs were lost so again she would have been a mediator between the other world and our world and another time this a different farmer came to her with cattle who was dying and who were very ill and after looking into her bottle she saw the problem he had planted a white thorn bush along a fairy path in his field she instructed him to go home and remove the bush and as soon as he did this his entire herd immediately returned to full health i think it's mad that he planted a white thorn bush knowing that these are kind of fairy-esque things, but he also ended up blocking a fairy road with that. Am I wrong? Could you correct me? Which one? There's a second tree that's like, if you take a branch of it, it's Hawthorne. Oh. oh, it's like a hazel rod. Oh, I'm not sure. Whatever a hazel rod comes for, Dad is telling me Ooh. it's good anti-fairy stuff. Oh, it's not even cool. bad, they just don't like it. Interesting. It's, it's natural still. That's cool. Um, so another thing I mentioned at the start was this kind of misfortune kind of around her. So that priest who, Father Conlon, who gave her her last rites and supposedly threw the bottle away, he died a few months after and people were like, oh, oh God. Then there was a clear man who named the pub and a brewery after her and he was found not too long after that, dead in his bed. Supposedly people came from an English newspaper saying that uh, this man was a, a relative of early and when a local man decided to show this man to the cottage that local man they said he didn't live too long after that I don't so know so Biddy you sound class I'd love to have met you please don't kill us <laughs> do you want to call this episode the woman who shall not be named or something or yeah something like or that. something that the woman formerly known as Biddy <laughs> we'll, all the money we're making a lot of money off these oh podcasts God, yes. all the gold all the gold coins we unlock from this podcast will go straight to you Biddy I promise yeah. if anyone knows anyone at Facebook <laughs> can they tell them please to let our us put our ad back up because people were liking the ad we put up for the podcast I think it's a great ad I've actually the old man I got the ad and I listened to it (laughs) I can't stop listening to it I do whenever I say ah it was a good crack it's It's good to remember but no um, so that's it lads Biddy Early she's very interesting Uh, I like that we've gotten two very interesting women in the last two stories Uh, yeah Ireland was full of powerful women uh, yeah, there seems... I was going to mention at the start, but I didn't just want to plow too I much. I shouldn't say was. Ireland is still full of powerful women, but... Greta they Thunberg. Don't, they, they, <laughs> they don't have magical powers anymore. She's from Ireland. No, I'm joking. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is um, it is really cool. And um, I like how much of a force to be reckoned with she oh, was. Oh, she was fierce, man. Um, I wonder if she took a liking to anyone in particular. Like, did she... Or was she just always... She had a friend, supposedly, a man who lived near her who was a very good friend of hers. To see, there's such conflicting stories because someone's like... Some people were saying that she had really strong red hair and then I watched an RTE video. I sent that RTE video to you. You should watch it. They're saying, oh, she had brown hair. But some were saying that she... Some were saying that she had up to seven husbands. Seven hairs. It was said... (laughs) It was saying that... They were saying that because she was getting so much food and such that a lot of her husbands wouldn't have to have worked. And that's why they just were drinking all the time and people were constantly going to her house. They She ran a little she-bean at her house and there were always parties there. And it's just, it shows how wise of a woman she was that she let her husbands drink away at it, but she was wise enough to know just mm. to have a tipple or whatever. Mm. The fairies probably told her. Yeah. Stop that. I just, I know it's a very basic thing as well. It's funny how much, did your parents say it as well? Of, ah, that one's away with the fairies. Yeah. Just when I saw that quote about her talking to the fairies. And I was being, like, like, the idea of being away with the fairies or being taken away with the fairies. I didn't think of that fairies. as, that's probably just an Irish adage. Yeah. That's probably not a very 
said thing about I don't know that. And though. to be honest, man, I would love to be taken away by the fairies or go off with the fairies. I want this insight. I want this otherworldly knowledge. Otherworldly knowledge. I don't want to offend Miss Biddy on this, but okay. um, you know the way Miss Early. Miss Early. To you, lad. Miss Early. <laughs> oh no, you're speaking true. I'm <laughs> sorry, Jesus Christ. It's already <laughs> happening. <laughs> Um, no, you know the way in, um, just, I couldn't help but notice, you know the way they said her daughter was of, of uh, a disability mm. and things, do you know the way in Midsummer even, and you hear of it oh. so often, the people of certain, you know, disabilities, have, have um, insight, they're gift. connected, they're yeah. gifted, yeah, at yeah. Their, at, at cause of their, you know, whatever it might be, they also get maybe a spiritual insight or a third yeah. eye. It's just interesting to me that that's always what... That's you know, a common recurring Being away theme. with the fairies would have been an insult from my mom almost, but it, it now listening back, it kind of sounds cool. We've mentioned liminal states before, and it was said that these Banfasa lived in a liminal kind of state in the community wherein they were kind of outsiders in the community, but also the people in the community needed them and like were a bit yeah. of kind of cautious and wary of them, but also would turn to them. Not everyone... needed them. I, I appreciate it early because not everyone can sit on that stoop between two worlds so you know what I mm, mean and, mm. and keep and have par- mad raucous parties oh also another thing about mentioning her her cottage fell into ruin and a doctor decided to uh, put it all back together and like have cooled again in the house like people coming over telling stories and dancing sure didn't the doctor die soon after that uh, <laughs> it's not mad it's just... I think he came into bad health I don't know if he died but then the place went into ruin again it's funny that that um she doesn't want anyone having parties on her land without no, her. No, not without her. That's it for this episode of the Bish Rocks podcast. That's it. Um, we said it'd be, I was about to say a nice brief one. It's the exact same length as it usually hey, is. Well, I was like, let's do a nice short one today. I've had a very busy week and it's t- time is tight here before Christmas. As we all know, I'm off making your gifts for you. <laughs> very busy. I'm very busy this time of year. But uh, here it is again, just shy of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sure we stayed for one, but do you know what that means? Sure, feck it. Um, um, Thanks to Gareth Quinn Redmond for the music again. You heard it in there. This lovely stuff. I see he's been doing some live bits while the society has decided it's okay to be together again for a few weeks. We'll see how long. Oh yeah, I hope you enjoyed our little chat. I was listening back to it. It's funny we were just rambling about COVID, but it's nice to do. Hope mm. you got a bit of therapy out of mm, that. Exactly. Um, thanks to Ashleen Larkin for the logo. She's oh, yes. freelance now. Hope. Here's the page up. I think it's Ashley Larkin Design. It is, and there's some lovely bits in it. I'm going to buy a bit myself. Mm, so if you need something made, if you want to make a podcast called The Biddy Early Podcast, and if you want to die two weeks later, before you do, make sure to get a logo made up. Get a logo made up and just watch how we do it. Watch, watch us we... go down. <laughs> watch us as we rise to the top of the podcast ladder. No, um, so hopefully you'll see our promotion around. Give us a good prayer. Mm. Good think. And if Biddy, if you're looking at us and you know what Facebook is, curse them for us. Yes, Biddy! Facebook is a monstrosity. Take them down. Also, an appeal to everyone. Write us in some stories for next week's episode. Anything. Yes, any sort of a weird little quirky story or any sort of a character or anything like that. And we'll mention it. And I swear you will skyrocket to fame after that. Look at us. Exactly. Look at us. <laughs> I'm swimming in gold. I'm the picture of health. <laughs> now go on. Go on, way with you. Way with you to back whatever you were doing before you were listening to this podcast now. <laughs>